Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey guys. <clears throat> this is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live this Monday evening. Uh, Big Papa um, sent me a message and said he was not going to be able to join us this evening for reasons of his very own, which I respect. And so, yeah, I'm coming at you live. Um, I'm feeling a little bit self-conscious because I have this beanie on, but actually I'm gonna tell you that this beanie was made just for me, so therefore I wear it proudly and with love. And I'm actually doing a little hair care under here. And you know what? Maybe it's because I'm old. I don't know. But I have literally gotten to that place, or maybe it's quarantine, I don't know, but I have literally gotten to that place where, you know, I'm just going to do what I need to do. <laughs> and I am not going to worry about my, my hair or whether I got on this funny little beanie because I figured it looked better than these little knots I've got all over my head this evening. Um, so, yeah, you know... Um, We've been doing this for a really long time, like literally 1999, <laughs> which is so easy to remember because, you know, um, that song, we're going to party like it's 1999. I can just, it always comes in my mind when I think about when the Post Institute was first formed and how it was first formed. It's kind of, um, like, I just remember uh, I was living in Colorado and Brian was visiting and he uh, looked at me and he said, what do you think of the name Post Institute? And I was like, man, that just sounds so, sounds, sounds so impressive. And that is how the name came to be. <laughs> and so one of the things that has always been true um, is that we, we've always been kind of raw. You know, we're not always, we don't always come on here being the most polished, um, because, well, we're here to talk about real life, and so if I can't be real life, then how can I expect you to be real life? And that makes me think of something I remember Brian teaching, and I guess he probably still teaches it in his lecture, that, you know, when we are asking our children to be vulnerable, uh, somebody has to be vulnerable first. So when you're in relationship with people and you're wanting transparency and vulnerability, then it may need to start with you. And so in honor of our legacy <laughs> of being raw, vulnerable, authentic, gosh, I was reading through, we used to um, have a, in fact, since I'm just doing this, let me just grab one. I've got this whole set up here. I've got a box full of these. They're kind of fun to go back and take a look at. Um, we used to, uh, this used to be a publication that literally Brian and I put out. We started with just the two of us, and then we were able to find people to help us do printing and drop shipping and things like this. This was back when our parenting inner circle was very active, and we published these really beautiful, God, look how pretty that is, these really beautiful journals, and um, the journals would feature articles um, written by me and Brian and in fact, I'm flipping through this one, and I see one that is from Eric Guy. Um, he, um, he runs the Center for Victory. And then we would find other really good articles on the topic of adoption. I see one in here by Dr. Marcy Axness. 
Um, and so, uh, hey, hey, Joni, how's it going from the Department of Human Health and Services in Michigan? It's so nice to have you here. And Amy, I see that you're on. And uh, I was flipping through some of these journals uh, a little while back. And boy, they are raw. You know, there's some of them that are very raw, very revealing, you know, just very transparent about our own personal stories and how we see them affecting our parenting. I was just supposed to say Michigan. <laughs> That's okay, Joni, because it's raw, vulnerable day here at the Post Institute because I've got my beanie on and I've got my hair in little knots because I'm gonna I'm trying a new hairstyle and it was hair day in my house. So, you know, don't worry about it. You're among friends to make mistakes and be loved. <laughs> this is not about being perfect. It is Imperfect Monday, and we're just going to revel in our imperfections, and we're just going to love ourselves for being fallible human beings who are out here just doing the best that we can. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe part of my daily dose today is just to give you guys a little chuckle and a dose of oxytocin, because that's, um, I pulled out do, 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 do. If you don't know, then you know this is one of the best books that you can get when it comes to parenting in general, and especially if you're parenting children who come from traumatic backgrounds. So if you don't know what oxytocin is, um, man, I'll tell you, oxytocin is, well, one of its jobs is to help modulate cortisol. Um, we hear about cortisol quite a lot when we talk about trauma because cortisol is the stress hormone. Um, <clears throat> many of our kids have a very sensitive amygdala from the womb experience. Um, we come into the world with a developed amygdala and how the amygdala develops and what it is sensitive to and how it is sensitive is um, sort of... Um, defined by the womb experience. High stress pregnancies um, result in a more sensitive amygdala. When the amygdala is more sensitive, uh, things uh, distress, things that are distressing, heightened sensitivities are going to be present. So the amygdala, we're born with this intact amygdala. It's this little almond shaped, tiny little almond shaped thing back here um, kind of at our brain stem. Um, and it's perfectly placed biologically because it's well protected and its job is to sense distress and discomfort. And so the baby cries out of distress or discomfort and a caregiver comes and rocks the baby and soothes the baby and loves the baby and has loving eye contact with the baby. And when those things happen, the brain then begins to develop a new part and that is called the oxytocin release mechanism so we're born with the ability to sense distress and alert our caregivers so that they can come and take care of us and then when they take care of us another part of our brain begins to develop and that's called the oxytocin release mechanism so oxytocin is a hormone that's available in our brain and people call it the cuddle chemical, the love hormone, and part of its job is to help modulate the cortisol. So you can see how this repeated caregiving then causes this training of the brain that when cortisol begins to be expressed, 
even in our adolescence and adulthood, the brain has been trained that when the cortisol gets expressed, that the oxytocin comes in and calms that so that we have the ability to think more clearly in states of distress. So, oxytocin is created when we are in those safe, loving relationships. Brian, um, there's a beautiful chapter in here. Um, chapter 5 talks all about the oxytocin response. It talks about this beautiful uh, book called The Chemistry of Connection by Susan Kaczynskis. Um, Brian did an incredible interview with her. Um, she does fabulous research. And Brian also has an ebook that's on Amazon that is called Parenting Softly. And uh, it talks all about the importance of the availability of oxytocin for our children and also for ourselves. Because we know that stress, prolonged stress over time, is very detrimental to our body. Um, stress causes all kinds of health conditions. Um, oxytocin is the counterbalance to that. So that is reason number 323 for self-care because it's also good for your overall health. It also gives your brain more oxytocin and our parenting model is all about working at that level. That is why positive relationship and positive environment repeated over time can create change at the brain level because it helps create more oxytocin. So love truly is healing. So um, that's really, I just wanted to give a little plug for the power of love, the power of being authentic, the power of being transparent, the power of being a fallible human being, doing the best that we can, being forgiving of ourselves, being able to embrace our imperfections, the imperfections in us, the imperfections in others, and just to find pathways to enjoy life. It just feels like, um, for me, that's just a really strong message that I just keep coming back to in my heart. And it, I think, I, in fact, I know that I've really cut back on my social media a lot because um, I'm finding myself having this sort of neurological fatigue, this sort of edginess. Um, in fact, I was talking to someone uh, the other day and I was like, yeah, I'm just, she asked me if I saw, she was like, did you see on Facebook where I painted my daughter's room? And I was like, no, because I've not been on Facebook hardly at all because it feels like everybody's screaming at me, you know? And I don't know how, how everybody else experienced, but she was like, yeah, I kind of feel like that sometimes too. Like um, all the pressure, you know, we're just getting warmed up about politics and just all the the, uh, the strife in our country right now. Um, it's so, uh, it's so taxing. I just find myself always just sort of holding this space of calm that's not, that's always being challenged. And I'm like, okay, so why, why do I want to keep doing this? I mean, I'm not going to delete my account. I've got lots of friends from my professional life, friends I've grown up with, so I want to keep it. But I don't want to be plugged into that so much right now because I'm noticing it's creating more stress and anxiety and tension in my nervous system than it is joy. So 
I don't need to be doing that because I've got people right in front of me who need me at my best. They need me calm. They need me regulated. They don't need me biting their heads off because of something that's stressing me out on my social media. So um, I guess I find myself just really uh, spending more time slowing down, enjoying simple things. Um, yesterday, uh, Marley and I planted some plants. I used an old iron chair and created a DIY craft project for, you know, watching reruns of shows that, and this is a funny thing, I didn't know this, but um, watching, like when your kids want to watch the same cartoon over and over again, part of the reason they do that is because the predictability is soothing. Because they've already seen it, they know how it ends, they enjoyed it, it, it promotes joy, and it's also calming and soothing for them. And so, you know, we've been watching some reruns, we've been, you know, listening to nice music, staying away from too much news, staying away from too much social media, and just, you know, trying to take care of what's right in front of us, right here, right now, and not trying to get too far ahead. Because I have to protect my oxytocin reserves. So, um, oxytocin, the, the dynamic between oxytocin, the love hormone, and cortisol, the stress hormone, and the fact that oxytocin can actually help modulate that, to me, is how science is proving to us what spirit's been teaching that perfect love does in fact cast out all fear and that love truly is healing. <sighs> and when I say that, I immediately find myself thinking about, like when I've posted about that and things like that in the past and I hear those stories of parents who say, you know, 18 years of loving and loving and loving and I didn't see it. And yet we don't know what we prevented. So when I think about uh, my children, and I'm thinking about my son especially, um, who had lots of early life trauma, and now he's in his 20s, <clears throat> and he's had lots of struggles. So love doesn't present, prevent the struggles from life from happening, but you don't know. You don't know what might have happened had that love not been there. So um, I say that thinking about the reality that suicide prevention month is September. We haven't really talked much about that on our Facebook page. Um, and I know that statistically speaking, adoptees are four times more likely, as reported, to contemplate suicide. So oxytocin is extremely important. Yes, I love the statement protecting my oxytocin reserves. Yes important, Amy. <laughs> I mean, there's only one you, and there's a lot of people counting on you, you know, and even if it's not a lot by number, it's just a lot. What's required of you as a parent, period, is a lot, and especially if you're parenting a child who may not have much of an oxy learned oxytocin response and has a very active amygdala with a very active cortisol reaction, and so yes, Love really is healing, and we have to start with ourselves. And so, um, I just want to, you know, speak into those things, speak life into us, lift us up, remind us of, you know, keeping our focus on the things that are most important, and um, 
just knowing that um, love is truly the most powerful healing that we have available to us. And so to keep ourselves um, in a heightened oxytocin state as best we can, um, and on those days when we're feeling a little flat, um, well, I don't know, that's what I did today. I took a nice hot shower, I got out of the house, and I did a little hair care, and then I came to talk to you guys. <laughs> so find somebody, or just take the risk of being vulnerable. Take the risk of being vulnerable with people, and you may be super surprised at the kind of love you get back. So um, much love to you guys. I hope you have a beautiful evening. Uh, I know Big Papa is traveling. I think he may be away from us for a couple of days as he just gets his oxytocin reserves built up and enjoys the people in his presence. And then I know he'll be back with us soon. So much love to you guys. Enjoy your family. Have a great Monday evening and we will see you guys tomorrow night. Take care.